You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 354. What is God's will? You know, this is an interesting question, and it's one that I get or some variation of it regularly uh, in a pastoral setting. You know, people saying, oh, you know, Pastor David, what should I do about this? I've got a big decision to make. Should I take this job or should I take that job? Uh, You know, where should I go to school? What should I do with my life? And there's this, this... awareness that they need to be following God's will, but a real lack of understanding of how how to do that. And, and I think part of that comes down to, um, really, in, in, in many cases, a lack of discipleship, a lack of uh, people taking the time to learn what it means to really be a disciple and a follower of Jesus. Because I think in uh, learning to be a disciple, this is kind of part and parcel. It kind of comes together with with learning to to hear God, learning to uh, discern God's will, and uh, even to hear God's voice as we begin to, to pray for different things. Let me read two verses, and then we'll kind of dive into this. This is from Ephesians 5, verse 17. Uh, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, I encourage you to go read the whole passage. I don't like just pulling one verse, but just for time. Um, I think this kind of conveys a, a, a standalone thought from that passage. But Ephesians 5.17, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So there we get this idea that knowing God's will is definitely something that we can discover. And then another verse, this is from Romans 12.2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God, or what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Um, don't be trans- don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good acceptable and perfect. So we can discern what God's will is, and we get a bit of a formula here in Romans 12, um, renewing our mind, uh, learning to think God's thoughts. Um, We could even talk about sanctification, becoming more like Christ. But, uh, you know, the, the, the primary way that we know that we renew our minds is through meditating on God's Word, getting it inside of us, but also just learning to, 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 you know, develop this relationship with him and begin to think God's thoughts. So let's talk about this this whole idea of God's will. Finding God's will is very important, but understanding, as we just heard a minute ago, understanding what God's will is vital. And what's the difference? I can, in many cases, know God's will, but understanding how that actually works out in my life and actually doing it are two different things. 
I can know God's will is not for me, you know for me not to do this or God's will is not for me to do that. But does that mean I'm going to follow through and 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 not do it? So um, let's let's talk about that a little bit. The, the the again we go back to staying close and cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Finding God's will is important, but understanding what that will is is absolutely vital. Now there's two two ways to approach the will of God and. I actually had a conversation recently in a connect setting, a small group setting, and and somebody said, you know, I just constantly feel like I'm doing the wrong thing. I'm constantly making the wrong decisions in life and suffering the the consequences for it. And and I thought it was a brilliant thing to say. It was very courageous to to admit that. And and, and as we had discussion um, with, with other members of the group, I said, well, you know, have you ever thought about when you come to these decisions, when you come to this moment of truth, when you have to, you know, pull the trigger and 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 and, and take a fork in the road, or, or, or you know, pick one of three options, or whatever it might be in your decision making, have you ever just taken a moment and paused, and um, you know, spent a little time praying and saying, God, I want to follow you. I want to do your will. I want to do what pleases you. Would you give me wisdom? Would you guide me and help me to uh, do the right thing here? And it was just fascinating because the person looked at me like, you know, I was I was saying something they'd never heard before. Saying, you know, I I, I haven't and I don't. Uh, you know, I kind of like doing things myself. And um, you know, this led to a you know deeper discussion on um, really you know what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But as we're talking about God's will, I think there's two, two ideas that we need to kind of come to terms with. One is the general will of God, and the other is the specific will of God. What's the difference? When we talk about the general will of God, these are things that apply to everybody. Uh, the Ten Commandments, things you don't have to pray about. Um, should I commit adultery or not? Well, no. Uh, should I steal or not? Well, well no. Should I, um, uh, you know, do these other bad things? No, no. The Bible is very, very clear on many, many different issues. There are some things that are black and white. Um, should I be involved in this relationship, a romantic relationship with, with someone who's not a Christian? Um, if you're a believer, no. The Bible's very, very clear on that. So, so there's some things that, that, that are very general. We don't have to pray about it. We don't have to get counsel. You know, we don't have to fast about it. It's very clear. But the thing is, what I'm seeing so often in so many Christians' lives is they don't know even what that general will of God is. Maybe they didn't grow up in the church. Uh, maybe they don't have that foundation. And so they've got to get into God's Word. They've got to stay in church. They've got to be discipled into what it means to really be a follower of Jesus. And um, even in our Western world, um, this is becoming more and more the case. And if you ever notice when you read Paul's letters, this is something he did regularly. He'd, he'd spend maybe the first half of his, and I'll just use uh, Colossians, for example, um, the first couple of chapters, two, so I think it's a four-letter, four four-chapter book, the first two chapters, he's talking about theology and belief and doctrine and what to believe and who Jesus is and who the church is, and it's powerful. But then the other two chapters, chapters 3 and 4, are how to live, morality, ethics, how we should treat other people, 
what it means to live as a Christian. And so for, for us, really, the, the general will of God should be clear, especially for someone who's been a believer for any length of time. But if it's not clear, then get into the Word. What does the Scripture say? Because some things are just black and white. And I'm always amazed when I have those conversations with Christians who are, um, you know, considering pursuing a relationship with one who's not a follower of Christ or considering taking some type of job that's going to um, do more harm than good. Um, you know, you can pretty much go down the list and, and, and you know, for, for ideas, but, but the, the understanding has to be there are some things that are very clear and there's other things that, uh, you know, may not be quite so clear. But the things that are black and white, what do you need to pray about? Should I be involved in this relationship with somebody who's already married? Of course not. Um, should I steal from, from my job, even if everybody else is doing it? Of course not. Black and white. But then we'll move into the, the specific will of God. And this is where things become a little bit interesting. Um, this is when we start talking about the specific will of God. We're talking about what is God saying to you? What is God saying to you? And I want you to hang on for just a second. We'll be right back, and we'll jump back into that. All right, don't go away. In just a minute, we're going to be coming back and talking about the specific will of God and how that's different from the general will of God. But I wanted to let you know, this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Leading into the 21st Century and Beyond 2.0. This is the, the revised and updated uh, edition of my, my popular leadership book. Um, it's, it's very practical. It's very helpful. We deal with leadership. We deal with management. We deal with supervision. Uh, we deal with setting goals. Um, so many great things in this book that will help you. The chapters are all just a few pages long and questions at the end for, your, for discussion. Um, but also to help you take this material and make it immediately actionable. Uh, j- click on the link, go to Amazon, read a little bit, check it out for yourself. Um, you know, we talk about motivation, how to motivate people. Uh, just so many great things in this leadership book that will help you. So dig in, get you a copy, and then let me know what you think. Well, all right, we just talked about the general will of God. Now let's talk about the specific will of God. I think sometimes when we talk about the specific will of God, um, we have this idea that it's like this tightrope that we're walking across. Um, you know, maybe you've seen the the, the acrobats that, that are on the, the tightrope walking across, you know, in, in a circus and uh, the, the ground is far below and they've got the pole and they're using it to balance so they don't fall. Because if you fall off the tightrope, you know, you're dead. And I think we have this idea that God's will's like that. It's this tightrope, but if I fall off to either side, um, you know, I'm going to do this irreparable damage to my life. And I think really that's a misunderstanding of what God's will is. Now, to be sure and, and, and to be true, salvation is a narrow door. Jesus said that, You know, uh, narrow is the gate that leads to life, and few are they who find it. 
And, you know, that's a sad state of affairs, but at least there is a gate that leads to salvation. Jesus said he was the the door, he was the gate. But once we step through that gate, which again is very narrow, it's just through Jesus, but once we step through that gate, what we find is everything opens up. The psalmist says, you have brought me into a broad place. And I think we really need to have that idea and that understanding of God's will. Um, Are there specific things he wants us to do from time to time? Of course. Um, A specific job, a specific direction in life? Of course. But I think we need to maybe revamp the way we think about this this idea of God's God's will. Uh, I think sometimes... We have this idea that, um, okay, I've got these two jobs. Which one should I take? I don't know that it's really going to be a mistake if you take one or the other. If you're following Jesus and you're pursuing Him and God's brought these two things along, maybe He's letting you make a decision. And, you know, of course you pray about it, but then you make the decision and trust that God's going to guide you to make the right decision. Um, Narrow or broad? I think the, the will of God is much broader than we realize. Um, so this maybe is a different way of thinking, but just remember what the psalmist said, you brought me into a broad place. Uh, author and pastor Mark Batterson said, we tend to view the goal as the goal, but in God's economy, the process is actually as important as the goal. It's not about what we are doing at all. It's about who we're becoming in the process. The process is is, is the goal. It's not about what we are doing. It's about who we're becoming in the process. So let's unpack this just a little bit. In, in trying to discern God's will, and remember the verses we started with, uh, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is, and then Be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Um, I think we need to understand that the process of finding God's will is really the goal itself. It's in that process. um, You know, maybe whatever job you take isn't nearly as important as the process that you've gone through to get that job. Maybe the, the person that you're going to marry isn't nearly as important, and of course it is, but it's not nearly as important as that process that you've gone through in um, realizing that this is the person you want to spend the rest of your life with. Um, where you go to church may not be nearly as important as the process that you've gone through to, to find that church. So, so really, I think in God's economy, as Mark, as Mark Batterson said, the process is so important. So what am I talking about here? I've got a decision to make, and as I, I mentioned to my friend earlier who said that he, he, he very seldom prayed about those decisions, what about if we took the time, we know we're going to be making a decision, what about if we took some time leading up to that to pray, to ask God for guidance, to ask God for clear direction, and then step out in faith and make a decision. Now, obviously here, we're not talking about those black and white issues. We're talking about those, those areas that, 
you know, your, the specifics of your life. Um, you know, a job, where to live. Do I buy this house? Do I rent an apartment? Um, you know, these things that you're praying about. Um, so instead of uh, really just thinking that, that God's will is so narrow, let's begin to just pray about it. Let's begin to pray and say, God, give me wisdom. God, give me direction. Make it a matter of prayer and then make a decision. You know, don't wait for God to write something across the sky or send you an email. It's probably not going to happen. He's expecting you to step out and make a decision. Well, all right, I'm going to stop there because I've got some great, great material. Actually, I've got some action steps. I've got, let's see, what do we got? we got four really great steps that will actually help you as we kind of unpack this even more. I think we've gotten a good introduction today on on uh, what God's will is and how to find it and how to discern it. But uh, next time, we'll actually break it down a little bit more and give you some great action steps that you can use in discerning and finding what God's will is for your life. Well, I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com, leave me a question or a comment for, for today's post and we can keep the conversation going. And while you're at my, my website at davidspell.com, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so that we can stay in touch. Well, friends, thanks for being with me, and we will see you next week when we continue this important topic on leading and learning.